everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer, and with me today, we have Greg Henderson, who is the manager of our HR services that we uh, bring to our clients' tables. We're really glad that you've joined us today, whether you're listening via podcast or maybe you're watching us on YouTube, you actually get videos of, uh, of us here in, in the room, which is always a, a fun deal. But we really are glad that you decided to make us a part of your day-to-day. Um, today is a special day because when this, uh, when this uh, podcast drops, it's going to be the day before Thanksgiving. And so that's always exciting. You guys are going to have a lot of food and, and fun things to celebrate, um, as football, family, and food, conflict. all of the things that, uh, that are going to be, uh, that, you know, Thanksgiving is known for. And one of those things, as Greg just mentioned, that's going to pop up over the holiday season is always, always, always conflict. And so we thought today would be a good day to talk about conflict, hopefully to prepare you to walk into your family environment and uh, not piss off everybody that's going to be eating dinner with you or maybe, you know, trying to bring politics to the table or what, you know, somebody is going to do something at some point that's going to be like, all right, we're going to start going. And so we're going to talk about conflict today and probably take a little bit of a different approach. We'll talk a little bit about family stuff, but uh, for the most part in the business environment, whether you are a... HR leader, or maybe you are a business owner, key leader, somebody in a small business, conflict invariably always rears its head. Greg, tell me, tell me, how do you feel about conflict? Are you comfortable with it? What does that look like for you? Well, I was until you brought up Thanksgiving, and I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh my goodness, I do not like conflict at the house. Um, but I'm, I guess I'm. <laughs> Is that like the happy, happy wife, happy life? It has to be. <laughs> I mean, it ha- oh goodness, yeah. So let's get back to the business. I, I would invest in buttons uh, for leaders to wear that says, I love conflict. That's how much I enjoy conflict, right? Is, you wear it proudly, right? Own it. Just, yes, bring it on. What is it about conflict that you find enjoyable? I love the passion behind it. Um, so I'm a big believer in that you've got to have passion for your job, um, and that helps you keep going to work every single day. And so if I have an employee that comes to me with conflict, right, it's just their passion voicing their desire to do their job better or to figure out something to do something else with, right? Um, So I love it. I I tell my guys all the time, listen, gripes, concerns, complaints, bring it. I love it. It's just passion. It's just energy that I need to redirect the the right way to make us better as an organization. I find conflict very interesting. I enjoy it as well. Um, It's not something I've ever really had to or I guess really had a desire to shy away from. Um, I enjoy it for a couple of reasons, some that are selfish, some that are probably not healthy. I, I like it because it's an opportunity to fix something sometimes. I, I enjoy fixing. I like to, to jump in and get my hands dirty and, and take something apart, figure out how we could put it back together again. again. Very manly of you. Yeah, right? And conflict gives, gives me that opportunity. You know, if we have a couple of people, or maybe it's just one person that's coming and saying, hey, this is an issue that we need to get resolved, or I'm really frustrated by this. That's an opportunity to fix. That's probably a little more of a selfish reason. It's not very healthy. Um, I personally learn best through conflict. My, my, if I was to learn something in the way, and I could pick and choose how I learn it, it would be through debate, which is always going to bring conflict with it. Somebody maybe has a disagreement or whatever. Uh, I, learn, I learn best through conflict. I like to be able to say, this is my opinion. Now you beat it up and tear it down. Can we do that anymore? Sure. Uh, it's hard to find places that you can do that safely, but y- yeah, absolutely. And so conflict gives us an opportunity to do that. 
I think that it's a bit of a sociological exercise for me, because to your point, people only get, uh, or people, conflict will occur when people are most passionate. If, you know, if, for example, um, I really like the color blue, and I wanted a blue truck no matter what, then I'm going to be passionate about that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight with whatever to get that blue truck. If I don't care what color the truck is, then I don't care. It's not, not going to be not going to bring conflict to that situation. So they, there's conflict only really arises whenever people's passions maybe um, come to a place of a disagreement with somebody else or whatever it may be. And so there's kind of a weird, for me internally, it's a weird sociological exercise to see what somebody's passionate about. What do they really care about? What, you know, what is important to them? And that comes out a lot of times. Um, and then another reason why, which is a silly reason, but there's a sense of pride that comes with that because somebody at some level, trust me enough to bring up an issue that, of disagreement or something that they're facing internally that you know, may not be going super well. There's a, there's a level of trust, and there's a, there's a, it, it shows a level of trust in me to either be able to resolve this or help with this in some way that, uh, that's fulfilling. And so uh, I enjoy conflict. I've, I've had plenty of people um, through my life that doesn't enjoy conflict as much, and uh, that's always... That's always interesting. So, you know, you've been around and helped a, a lot of small businesses over the years and, uh, you know, personal friendships, family, whatever, it, whatever it's been. What, uh, what are some of the common ways that you see people handling conflict incorrectly? I mean, you've hit it, right? I mean, either you like conflict or you don't. There's very few people, I think, that's kind of on that, that fence. And the reason why they're not on the fence is because they don't like people, right? You know, we ask people all the time, hey, leaders, why do you not like, you know, to being a leader? Or even talk to an HR leader, hey, why do you not like HR? It's because of people, yeah, right? And so it's very difficult for you to appreciate that and then also like conflict, right? And so what I mean by that is I, I hear people all the time saying, I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm just going to avoid it. Sure, you can deal with conflict by that way, right? That's the, probably the worst reason in the world um, to deal with conflict or, or, or how you deal with conflict, right? But it's done. You hear it all the time. Once you start digging into it, you, you said it perfect on the HR on-ramp, is the idea, is it uh, an HR issue or is it a leadership issue? More times than not, if you really dig into it and peel back the onion a little bit, you realize that all HR issues kind of go back to, I'm just not being a very good leader. I've kind of, that was an issue. I should have hit it, didn't, avoided it, ignored it, and it got worse. So that's, I mean, you, you hear that from small businesses, and it always fascinates me for people to say, hey, I, you know, I, I really don't like my employee bringing their spouse in for lunch every single day. Okay. What have you, have you talked to him? Well, that's always, that's always fun because I, I've, no. been in, I've been around when those questions have popped up with you and it, and your response is very, is just exactly like that. It's like, it's almost like, oh, well, I mean, have you, have you actually asked somebody about, have you actually said, Hey, you know what? I don't think I like this. And their response is always no, always no. Have you done the most typically Basic. common sense thing think, first? No, I haven't done that. Why not? 
I, I, I had a really good mentor in the, in the uh, army, and he always taught me the, the 18 principle, right? The Matthew 18 principle is the idea that if you have a conflict, go one-on-one, talk about it first. If you can't resolve it, bring in a, someone else. Can't resolve it, bring in a boss. Can't resolve it, bring in the company, right? Um, and so I've always kind of dealt with that, right? Start, try, to, try to kill it at the lowest level right? Without having it to, to raise to an, an, an elevation that you don't need it to. If so just we, talk to people, again, my shtick, right? If you look me up on LinkedIn, it's, it's bring human back to HR because the idea we just lost that. We don't talk to people anymore. And when we do have conflict, we don't have a foundation that we have or a commonality that we started with. So it's me fighting you, where if we had a conversation before the conflict happened, then you could have kind of, well, hold on. That's not Greg. I, I know Greg because of this, this, and this. So maybe I'm misreading it somehow. And so let's get back together and figure this out, right? That's what conflict is, is just people talking about different things. If, if it's true to say that conflict that's ignored just simply grows and grows and grows, even if that's one-sided, if I'm frustrated with you, and so that's, you know, for the purposes of our conversation today, we're going to talk about conflict as disagreements, frustrations, that type of stuff, right? So I'm frustrated with somebody or I disagree with somebody. That's the conflict that we're talking about. So if that goes ignored, it's only going to continue to fester up to the point where it's going to explode in some way. It's going to come out eventually. It's not going to just be hidden for all of forever and everybody's going to live on perfectly fine. So if that's true, why, why aren't people willing just to simply say, hey, you know what, Becky, you did this and I'm really frustrated by that. Or you think this is okay, and I think that that is okay, and we're in disagreement. Why, why is it so difficult just to go to the person and say, look, this is, this is where I'm at, and we're not on the same page? I don't have a good answer. Um, I mean, I could, I could speculate. Sure. That's fear, right? Um, I, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's pride. Hey, I don't, I don't think they think I'm a good leader if I don't talk to them about this. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I just, I'm concerned that that's the go-to that you hear, right? I, I don't know why, I don't know why they, they, it's so, to me, it's just common sense. But again, we talked about common not being, <laughs> we should probably not use that word. It's uncommon sense, right? Um, but maybe we were not taught that in school. Maybe we were not taught that growing up. Maybe we we're not taught that, I don't know. Um, to me, I think it's more being self-aware and, and just understanding the situation. You mentioned fear. I, I hear that one oftentimes used. I'm afraid if I go tell Becky that this isn't working well or this is where she's not doing a good job or this is something that I'm concerned about, then Becky's going to just leave and she's going to quit or um, it's, it's, I can't actually teach her anything and she, just, she can't change. All of those are excuses to get out of actually bringing a conversation to the table that needs to happen. Conflict left unresolved, or at least untalked about, where it's, it's, it's just ignored. It comes rebellion. Is not going to get any better. Yeah. It's just going to get worse. Yeah, because it, you know, the straw that broke the camel back, it's something so simple. And so, like, you're firing them for that? Well, no, I'm firing them for six months ago when they didn't do what I wanted them to do. No, you're firing them for this. Like you, you just told them you're firing them because they they failed. They showed up five minutes late today. 
and you fired him. Yeah. And, and, and with that, it's, uh, man, it's so frustrating because I do hear this happen sometimes where, to your point, you're, you're late, you're late, you're late. You know, that's a continual problem that I went or that I did not address over six months' time. And finally, finally it hits. And I go in and I'm just going to pick on Becky because she's standing in the room doing a wonderful job producing this podcast. But, um, and, and Becky, finally, I, I get so frustrated. And in, over the past six months, I've gone home every single day. Meredith, goodness gracious, Becky was late again today. Every single day, over and over again. And this is affecting me. Becky is oblivious to anything, any type of frustration. And finally, I, I reached the wit, my wit's end. And I say, Becky, you came in late today. You're fired. Becky is going to be left wondering what in the world just happened. I was late. And in her mind, she may even say, I was late one, one time, time and I got fired. Because all of those other times over the previous six months, she wasn't called out for it. So at that point, she doesn't know she's doing something wrong. Now, I know there's somebody out there listening that's going to say, oh, well, Becky, of course she knew she did something wrong because in our employee handbook, it said that we start at 8.30 or because, you know, when she first started here, we told her our office hours are from 9 to 5 or whatever. Yes, technically you're right, but are you really trying to, to lose the war in order to win the argument here? Becky, in her mind, she didn't do anything wrong. And I wasn't strong enough as a leader at the first time or the fifth time to say, Becky, you're coming in at 8.45. We expect you to be here at 8.30. I need you to change that. Right, because, yes, it, it should be. Yeah, it's in the handbook. Awesome. But what's the norm? Norms are not written in the handbooks. The standards are written in the handbooks. But what you, uh, what you agree with and what you kind of let go becomes the norm or the new standard. And so if you don't call Becky out in that first time, then she's thinking, well, the norm is it's a flex time. I'm good. Yeah. And in her mind, this, I'm not breaking any rules. I'm not doing anything wrong. This is all Never been tolerable. Yep. And so I must be okay. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why can't she show up on time? And that is simply an, uh, an example of conflict that is a lot of times one-sided on, on one person that's frustrated, that is just unwilling to address something. It's going to blow up. Don't get to the point where you allow that to blow up. You're going you're gonna to have a lot of issues with that because as soon as you blow up with that, everybody else is going to, in your entire, if I fired Becky for that right now, everybody, I can, I, can, I can see the questions come up from everybody else. Here's what it would look like. Well, am I next? Because I haven't been told that anything is wrong. And so maybe there's something that Mike is frustrated with me about that he hasn't said. Um, or you know what? I showed up late one time three months ago. Has am I like am I going to be in trouble? And so I may not be the Becky that's every single day that's you know fifteen twenty minutes late, but that did happen once. Am I going to get in trouble for that? Um, it's going to cause an uneasiness oh, across the entire team. Uh, it's you're anxious now, and just that, simply it, it, because we didn't call out bad behavior or what we what we think as leaders is bad behavior. Yep. To our team. And then you got people on Monday morning thinking, is my key card going to work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they turned me off. They turned my me security off. code no longer works. Yeah. And th it doesn't matter what type of environment you're in, what industry or what type of company, even really to some extent what size, because your internal team, whoever, you know, if you're a leader out there, a key leader or, or a business owner, your people are looking to you 
to set the standard. And if your standard is to tolerate bad behavior without pushing into the conflict that it can create, you're essentially saying, we don't really have a standard. Or this is the new standard. Yeah. We're going to allow whatever you want to do to happen until I just get tired of it or until I just decide no more. And that's not really, I mean, I wouldn't want to work at a place like that because I don't ever know what's right, what's wrong. And there's no feedback happening between what's right and wrong. Um, and that's true across the board. Obviously, the easy example is you relate to work. Yeah. Um, how is that going to be handled? But it could be applied in, in any type of situation. In our world where we're a customer support type company in a lot of ways, if my team doesn't uh, resolve a situation the way that I would have expected them to resolve it, whether that is they gave bad advice, they gave incomplete advice, or they gave the right advice to the wrong person, you know, whatever it may be. Anytime that I see that, I make a point to, to slack that person or if I can talk to them face to face and say, hey, look, this is what you did. This is how I would have thought that would have been handled. Um, what am I missing? Because I want, I want the feedback from the leader standpoint to know maybe I am seeing an incomplete picture of what happened because this has happened before. Um, I'll read uh, you know, a support request. And I see the response. It's like, why in the world did we say that? And I'll, I'll, I'll start with, you know, hey, Becky, you said X, Y, Z, and that was wrong. And then Becky would come back and say, well, actually, I talked to them on the phone and we, we figured out something else was going on or whatever, whatever. And that was kind of a, a response that, and I didn't have the insight and the exposure to that middle part of the conversation. And so just because I see something that I think may not necessarily be up to standards doesn't necessarily mean that I have a full picture. And so it's important as you start to, you know, try to address issues like that or conflict, you know, where you're bringing conflict to the table in a situation like that, where you're still open to the idea of, you know what, maybe it's possible that I don't have the full picture here. And I need, it's a learning opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't help but think, um, <laughs> I'm teaching my son how to drive. Um, and so while you're going through that expectation and the idea that, you know, maybe it's a one-sided conversation and you haven't really been clear with the employee what they, you know, what you expect from them. So we're driving down the road, and if you've ever tried to teach someone how to drive, you're trying to put yourself in the driver's position without having the steering wheel in front of you. So if we're coming down the street and we see a car with this brake on, we know internally this is the time that I would have taken my foot off the gas, coast a little bit, figure out what's going on, and then apply it on the brake. Well, it occurred to me that that's not the same that, as my son would think, right? But I never I explained that to him, but I was getting frustrated and I was getting angry and I was having all this anxiety built up on me because I didn't just talk to him. I didn't say, hey, oh, by the way, I would have taken my foot off the gas about two miles ago. Why do you still have your foot on the gas? And once I kind of realized that I was building all this up internally without talking to him, it, it cleaned up a lot. It, it just allowed us to have peace in the car now because he understands that my expectation is you drive like I drive. And good, wrong, indifferent, I'm teaching you how to drive. And so you're going to drive like I drive. Um, and so, I, again, I, I just helped to couldn't help but think through that. And I mean, I'm going through that right now. So as um, you know, we've grown a lot in the past, you know, history of our firm. One of the things that uh, that's 
consistently come up as we've added new team members. You know, we've, when I first started working here, we had about 12 people on the team. Um, and, and now we're almost triple that size. One of the things is, through that growth is, has happened is, is Matt and I have really had a lot of conversations about being able to step back and let other people fill in some different responsibilities that previously were, were you know, were on, on me or on, you know, on, on the leaders of our company. And it's, that conversation is always framed from the standpoint of whoever is going to take on that responsibility is not going to do it exactly like we would do it. They're not going to do it in our minds, at least not as well as we would do it. They're going to take longer. They're going to do it, um, you know, not as well. And that's still okay. They let something slide <laughs> that you won't. That, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's still okay because that's a learning opportunity for them to come in and take on. But that is a difficult position to be in because as a growing business, there's always going to be the need to backfill responsibilities, duties, whatever it may be with people that aren't necessarily as good as you. You know, in the book, um, I believe it was Traction, I, I think is what, uh, maybe it was Scaling Up, one of the two, one of those books, it mentioned in a growing company, you're going to have to give up responsibilities that not only do you enjoy doing, but you're also really good, good at, at doing. Yeah. And that, that's been a difficult thing. Um, and so it, that kind of reminds me of that from the standpoint of like teaching your, I've never had to teach my kids how to drive. My oldest is 12. And so uh, our days are, are still coming. But I can't, you know, we're so, my dad always said when he was, when I was learning how to drive, that it would drive him nuts because I, I, I stop fast. Like I don't just ease into a stop. I'm like, you know, full speed, full speed. Oh, I need to stop. Let me hit the brakes. And uh, it would drive him nuts. I would imagine whenever I get in the car with Cameron and we're learning how to drive, it's going to be a similar situation. It's going to be, it's going to be, fun. that's neither here nor there. It has nothing to do with conflict, but. Uh, that's, that's an interesting. Well, it's just us talking, yeah, right? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get back on track. Um, a lot of times as, as leaders, uh, especially in the HR space, you have to deal with those scenarios in which I have employee A and employee B coming to my door and they have some type of disagreement. This is probably a more traditional, uh, example of conflict. Let's say that something silly just to, to make it fun. Um, I have employee A that really, really, really likes the breakfast blend of coffee we, we make in the morning. And I have employee B who really, it's really wrong. likes yeah. the dark roast, right? This is a real life in case you read between the lines. Bre uh, Greg is a breakfast blend guy. I'm a dark roast guy. We've never actually had this conflict, um, but it, it popped in my mind. So uh, let's say that, that, that this is going on and that situation came to you and for whatever reason, like in our world, we haven't had to talk about this because this isn't a big deal. <laughs> but let's just say that employee A and employee B were really passionate about their coffee. And they come to you and say, hey, you know what? This jerk over here likes dark blend, dark roast. And this crazy kid over here is a light roast guy. How do we resolve that? Do you, is that something that you feel needs to be addressed by HR? Some of those more trivial, silly things that, I mean, honestly, they just pop up even though you wish they wouldn't have, is that something that HR really needs to get involved in? How do you handle that? Ah, that's a great question. Um, so I'm a big believer in HR should not be the principal's office um, because I believe we should talk to people, right? And so if, if we have a disagreement between manager and employee, well, the manager's job, because he's in that leadership position, we've, 
giving him the ability and the authority to kind of figure that out on his own, fix it, right? Fix it. It's okay. I, I trust you. I'm empowering you to do what you need to do for your team. Fix it. Doesn't need to go to HR because someone doesn't like the coffee that you drink. Um, I, I just, I, if you make HR a principal's office and you make HR the only place that you can resolve conflict, that you're not, you're not teaching your managers anything, right? You're not, you're not allowing them. That's kind of what we're saying before is if I'm not resolving the conflict, then it's, it's still there. And it's still the, the conflict that we had two weeks ago because I just brought it to HR. And so I'm not dealing with my people at all. I'm just letting someone else do it, kicking the road and kicking the can down the road, right? I'm not learning anything. I'm not learning my people. I'm letting HR deal with it. That's a bad way of going about conflict. I don't think all conflict is bad. Um, of course not. I, it may be because I really enjoy the conflict, but I don't think it's all bad. Here, here's kind of my filter, and this is, I, I want to say that I first heard this from Andy Stanley. Um, I, th- I think that's where I got it from. But uh, it, here's, here's my filter. Um, whenever a situation like that comes up where I have two employees, or maybe it's more than two employees that are coming together, and there's some type of disagreement internally that's going on, the first thing that I ask myself every single time is that, is this a tension that needs to be managed, or is this a problem that needs to be solved? Because sometimes that conflict is a problem that needs to get solved. I have employee A that's coming to my desk and saying employee B kicked her in the face. Uh, that's a problem that's got to get solved. Yep. That, that's something that can't continue on. That, the severity of that is a little more extreme. Sure. There's something there that needs to happen. We have to address this. You got to bring them both in and talk to them. Yep. yep. I, I got to figure out what's, what happened um, and how are we going to fix that going forward. There's other times that this is just simply a tension that needs to be managed. It's never going to go away. Our coffee you know, situation, that would be, that's not a problem that's going to get solved other than now we have one pot of dark roast and another of light roast. Um, and then there's some crazy kids in our office that like pecan-flavored coffee. Like, what flavored are you guys coffee? doing no. anyway? No. But um, sometimes that conflict or that, that disagreement is it's just simply tension. And tension isn't, isn't always solvable. There's things that are going to happen that you just have to live in accord with. And you know, the easy way to think about, that I think about that is everybody in your organization is bringing to the table their own personal values, their goals, their own background, set of beliefs, education, all of those things. And anytime you have two people coming to the same table with that, there's going to be areas in which people... We have both Democrats and Republicans that work here. Shocker. We have people of faith and people not of faith that work here. We have people of different races that work here, different ethnicity, different genders. And to sometimes those people disagree on certain things, and that's perfectly fine. So I think it's important that as, as you know, business leaders and, and, and owners or whoever you are that's in a leadership position that has to deal with people, it's important to understand that you're not going to solve every problem under the sun and nor is that an indication of your failure. That is just simply part of dealing with people. If the issue that is being discussed isn't causing harm to somebody, whether that's the company or an actual individual, if it's not you know, bringing you off track in, from a standpoint of it's against your own core values and, and the mission of the company, if it's just simply, hey, we disagree on this, okay, that's fine. We don't need to talk about this anymore. 
You know, if you think that the sky is blue and I think that the sky is gray, okay, that's fine. We don't have to talk about this anymore. And so to your point, HR is not the principal's office. It's not the place that just needs to, to, to see every single disagreement because there's certain things out there that your people are just going to disagree on. And that's perfectly fine. We see this a lot of times on leadership teams where you have, um, you know, somebody who needs to be a dissenting vote or dissenting voice. You don't want yes people around you all the time. And so if you don't have conflict, then some, that's, that's a, a pretty good indicator that your organization isn't very healthy. Or it's stagnant. Yeah, it's just everybody believes the same thing and wants, you know, I don't mean that in like a, a good way. Like everybody believes and wants the same thing. And we're all moving the same point. Yeah, that's one thing. But to get there, the how, the execution piece of that, there better be some disagreements and there better be a situation in where people feel comfortable disagreeing. Right. Um, it's not, that's not the same as consensus, though. And so ask yourself the question, is this a tension to manage? Is this a problem to solve? And you'll really get some insight into how that should be approached. Because if it's a problem that needs to be solved, go head on. Confront it head on. This is something that we're going to talk about. We're going to get to the bottom of it, and we're going to find the solution. And that solution may be nobody, you know, both of you don't work here anymore. Right. You know, everything's on the table at that point. But if it's not, you know, if it's not something like that, then you just have to, you know, teach people how to disagree and move on. Yeah. And like you're in your story about the two employees who, you know, got in a fist fight or whatever. Um, I have been in that situation, right? I, I mean, we walked into the cafeteria and we got two employees, you know, going blow for blow. Um, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> that allowed me to really figure out, you know, from that point, okay, what's going to happen next? I was, I'm a, you know, a young leader at this time. How am I going to deal with this? And so I brought them back both in, sat them down, and I've, for you know, I've been, I guess, blessed, if you will. Um, whenever I deal with a, a very tenseful or very high impact, high emotional situation, I've been very, uh, just for whatever reason, just blessed with the idea of bringing the Ritalin in, right? So I, I just encourage leaders to understand that you need to take a deep breath, de-escalate the situation as much as you can. And just have them understand that, you know, this was not okay. You're not going to, you know, stand for this in the next time. Um, and then once you kind of de-escalate the situation, then you can get to the root cause of what was going on. And it might be something very simple as, he took my parking space this morning, as it was in this situation. <laughs> he took my parking space and then that led into, let's throw down. And we don't have a signed parking space. <laughs> <laughs> Man, people are crazy. People are crazy. Well, you know, Greg, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Um, I think conflict, especially we mentioned that, you know, holiday season's coming up. It's going to be ripe out there. And so, so you know, some, some key takeaways here. I think it's important to understand conflict is inevitable. We live in a world that conflict is going to be experienced. Everybody's bringing different value sets to the table. Sometimes those values rub, you know, uh, in, in different directions than other people's values. It's going to be inevitable. You really have to determine, is this something that needs to be solved or is this just going to be part of life? And if it's something that's gonna be, that needs to be solved, take action. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't say it's just going to naturally get better. It will not. Take action. Confront it head on. Bring people in your office. Have them explain the story. Let's get to the bottom of what's going on. And more importantly, how can we fix this? How can we, how can we resolve this, I should say? Um, but if it's not something that's going to get solved, 
you're going to have to learn to teach people to just deal with it. And that, that sounds crass. It sounds, uh, you know, really cold. And that's not my intention. The reality is we have to deal with adults in our, in our organizations. And part of being an adult is I'm going to disagree and we're going to move on, right? The, the, one of the most important things you can do as a, as a leader is get your people to understand that it's okay to disagree and move on, right? That's not saying that they're going to be actively defiant <laughs> against everything that's going on. But, hey, you know what? We agree to disagree, and then let's move on in harmony. Um, so understand, is this something that needs to get solved? Is this something that we have to learn to deal with? And if it's something that needs to get solved, confront it head on. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Go after it. And if it's not, you have to learn to let it go. Don't let it you know, come back in six months and say, hey, you know what? This has been going on forever and a day, and now I've reached my wit's end. We're going to fix it by you not being here anymore. You have to learn how to let it go. And so if you're a small business leader or an HR professional and you have some stories that you would like to share with us about the conflict that you've had to deal with, we would love to hear from you. Reach out to us on uh, our social media channels. You can, uh, you know, on YouTube, um, if you're watching us there, or, or social media like uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, I'm going blank here, all the places that you go to, to waste time on your phone. Reach out to us there, and uh, we would love to hear those stories. Thanks, and have a great day.